0: Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome into the conversation. Today's a little bit more somber, a little bit more pointed The message I have today, and this is coming from the universe, it's been coming through me, I wanted to do something else, and it said no. Even drew a card, one of those oracle cards, and it reinforced (laughs) what the universe was originally telling me. And that's basically that life is not fair. A lot of us want it to be fair. A lot of us wish it were fair. A lot of us are waiting for the fairness, the judgment to come through on other people. We feel that we've been victimized, we feel that we've been at the effect of other people's actions and decisions that were not that did not affect us in the most desirable way. Sometimes people leave us, sometimes relationships end, and we don't know exactly why they ended. And other times we experience a profound loss, and we think that there should be some fairness in the universe. Why? me? Why us? Why did it have to happen this way? Well, I have an answer. And it's the answer that my spiritual teacher gave me. And the answer is, because. Just because. And after you ask the question why, because is the only reasonable response. And then whatever you put after because, that's the reason. My teacher then added, does it really matter? Does it really matter what the reason is? Is any reason better than another? Is any reason more justifiable? The real answer is no. But certain reasons, certain justifications, certain explanations do justify our mind. They pacify our sense of fairness and rightness. But the truth is that, you know, the world at large, nature, is not fair. It's largely opportunistic. Now, with that said, there are some things that I can tell you from a psychic perspective, from a worldly perspective, and that is nobody ever really gets away with anything. But I do recognize that in those moments of retaliation, in those moments of anger that one may feel, sometimes we want to be the one that pushes the dagger in. If nobody ever gets away with anything... Why can't I be the one that punishes this other person? Well, because. So what happens to us inside when we expect the world to be fair and it isn't? When we sit back waiting for fairness and judgment to be delivered? The truth is we suffer. We suffer greatly, sometimes physically, all the time mentally. Recently I've become very present to loss in several people's lives that I've come in contact with. From babies, to a son, to brothers, an uncle, a marriage of 22 years. She said, I don't love you anymore. I don't know if I ever loved you. And these events knock the wind out of us. They knock us down. And sometimes we want to stay down. We wish we could stay down. But it is not the moments that go well. It's not the easy moments that really define us. It is these moments that knock us down and knock the breath out of us. The demand from the universe is that we get back up. The feelings that we have that are dense, heavy, and uncomfortable, these are to be transmuted, to be alchemized into gold. This is the concept of turning lead into gold, and that is the spiritual adventure. And admittedly, there is a worldly path we walk as a human being, but we are also a spiritual being. And that reminds me of the Bible verse, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then the Buddha, the source of all our suffering, lies in our attachments our attachments to the way we thought it should have been, could have been. The spiritual path, the healing begins when we can say, I accept this, I don't like it, but I accept it. I understand that it happened. In fact, I wish I could deny that it did happen. And that's where my trouble is. It's been difficult to accept that it happened. But I know in my acceptance, in my choosing that this was part of my path. That's when the healing begins. In fact, in that moment, it not only begins, but that's when healing takes place. When we can create ourselves as whole and complete. Imperfectly whole and complete. And you might be asking, why, Daniel, are you talking about this? We're just stepping into the holiday season. We're almost at the end of the year. Why don't we end this on a bang? Well, my friend, I've been too aware of the loss that people have been experiencing, the sorrow that people have been carrying. Not everyone, but some of you. But it's here, being the eternal optimist that I am, the possibility thinker in me, says to you, Tough times never last. Tough people do. But you might respond, I don't feel so tough. And then I'll tell you what I taught my sister to say. When she was eight years old and in the hospital, diagnosed with Perthes disease, a hip dysplasia phenomenon, kind of somewhat rare, but she was in a lot of pain and they were forecasting that maybe she not walk very well for the rest of her life. I would walk under her hospital room, raise my hands over my head in a victory pose and say, I am an iron pillared person. I have ultimate strength within me. And I had her say it with me. I am an iron pillared person. I have ultimate strength within me. She would say that to herself over and over again, even though she really didn't believe it. She didn't have the evidence before her that it was true. Well, she ended up leaving the hospital. She was in a brace for a while, but she healed, completely healed. There's no trace of whatever they were diagnosing today. And just to be accurate, I did not come up with the iron-pillared person. That was Robert Schuller. He also came up with tough times. Nevertheless, tough people do. I first saw Robert Schuller in person in 1979, but I had already read his book, several of his books, by the way. He was the minister and pastor of the Crystal Cathedral in Garden Grove, California. He was what I considered to be the first possibility thinker. Before him, everyone was a positive thinker, but he put a twist on it and talked about possibility. But I remember that speech in the IMA auditorium, which is no longer there, and while there were seats for probably 300 people, there were maybe 150 of us sitting in seats. At this time in 1979, Flint was experiencing 50% unemployment. Flint was the founding center of General Motors, but General Motors had moved, moved most of their operations to other parts of the country. And many of the people that relied on General Motors for an income were out, out of work, out of income. And Robert Shuler talked about how he was just a week before that talking to the Iowa farmers, and they were experiencing tough times also, because not only had the economy affected the auto industry, it also affected prices on tractors and farm implements and other things required to harvest the crops had gone up in price. And then the interest rates were going through the roof. Inflation was at an all-time high. And so for the farm, the farmer, to borrow money to buy these implements was a lot more costly. And some, well, many, were not able to do it. They had to sell a farm. So here he is facing all these farmers with tough times, walking back and forth across the stage and he was wondering to himself, what can I say that can make a difference? And he was asking God. He said, "Inspire me." And he stopped for a moment, was going to say something, no, that's not it. And would back walk back to the other side, turn to say something and stopped again. Then he came to the middle of the stage and it came through him. Tough times never last Tough people do. And I took that to heart. And many times in my life, I've gone through tough times. And that day, sitting in that audience listening to Dr. Robert Schuller, I made the decision to be tougher than anything that shows up in my life. And I know, I know sometimes it's been difficult. And I know for you, sometimes it's difficult to hold that stance, to hold the idea that you are an iron pillared person. I can remember in 1993-ish, I'm not sure exactly on the year, but in that time frame, I had thought that I was only going to be at FedEx for a short period of time. I had had a spiritual awakening a few years before that, and life did not feel like it was real. I had dreams. I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to be a teacher. Yet, I was a courier. The job itself was relatively easy, but I was not satisfied in that position. And I can remember having this profound feeling of being defeated. In fact, when I took a shower that night after work, I just was so tired of holding the line. And while the circumstance that I'm talking about may not equate, the feeling I'm sure does. I felt defeated to the point where I just laid down in the bathtub. And I allowed the water, the shower water, to fall on my body. And I laid there. I don't know, at least an hour, maybe more, thinking to myself, I wish I didn't have the vision for my life that I had. I wish I could be ordinary, have an ordinary dream. I wished I was not present to the contrast that was before me. I felt numb. I felt defeated. But after a certain length of time, and my skin was starting to wrinkle up because of all the moisture, because of all the water, a conversation began occurring in my psyche. I was asked, how long are you going to do this? I don't know. I guess for a while. And the response was, well, take your time. We'll be here. But isn't this a little boring? And I responded, yeah. But I don't know what to do. I just feel I don't know what to do. And the voice was compassionate and responded, Yes, you do. You know what to do. You don't want to do what you have to do. I was indignant. I'm like, What do you mean I don't want to do what I have to do? That's the whole reason I'm down here on the floor of the bathroom feeling this water all over me. I feel defeated. And the voice responded, for now, but that's because it feels easier right now to be defeated. To pretend you don't know what you have to do. The voice continued, it feels easier right now to focus on what's not in front of you. It doesn't require any of your imagination. It doesn't require anything from you. You just focus on the loss. You focus on the lack. And in that regard, it's easier doing that than doing what you know you have to do, what you must do to move forward. And playing dom, I, I asked, what's that? What am I supposed to do? Well, obviously you don't have to, but there is a certain result in focusing on the lack, focusing on the pain. You just get more of the lack, more of the pain. So Daniel, what you know you're supposed to do, what you should do in this circumstance, is accept where you are. It's the law of location. Wherever you go, there you are. and You can't be anywhere else other than where you are right now. And in the acceptance of where you are right now, you just lean in the direction of what might be possible. You take it step by step. And you don't have to run. An inch is a cinch. Go for the easy win. And for now, the next step is to get up, turn off the water, and dry yourself off. And then after that, on every step you take, when it feels like you're faltering, just lean in the direction of your healing. Lean in the direction of feeling whole. And it was here I heard the words of Robert Schuller again, coming through this other voice in my head. Inch by inch, anything's a cinch. By the mile, it's a trial. My forgiveness to those of you that are rooted in the metric system. It just doesn't quite sound the same, saying centimeter by centimeter, it's easy. By the kilometer, it's a little harder. So I got up, dried myself off, got dressed. And after I got dressed, I asked myself, what can I do now? I made myself a cup of tea. And as I sat on the couch with my hot steaming cup of tea, I asked myself, given where I am right now, what's the next step I can take that might move me closer to feeling whole, that might move me closer to healing, move me closer to feeling as if I'm fulfilling on a vision. And I thought, "Well." Even though I'm working full-time, I could open an office on the side. It's not like I worked all the time, and I could start to see clients more consistently. My life doesn't have to be an either-or, meaning that either I do this or either I do that. If I'm creative, if I am, I could lean in the direction of fulfilling on a vision, lean in the direction of making it all work. And so after that moment in the shower, I spent a lot more time focusing on what might be possible. What might be possible. I just played with the idea. At first, I wanted to cast aside that part of me that was defeated, that felt defeated. Yet, I had the realization or the presence of mind that I wanted and needed to acknowledge that part of me that felt frustrated that part of me that was present to the lost, present that my life wasn't exactly the way I wanted it to be yet. And so I turned inside. I turned inside to my inner self, that aspect, that part of me that was experiencing the lost. And I said, thank you. Thank you for holding a vision of what was possible. And I understand the frustration in that because the reality that was present seemingly did not match that vision. I said to the aspect of myself that needed to hear it, it is because of you that I am now fulfilling on my vision. I am now fulfilling on the life that I desire. I am now in the process of healing that hurt that I didn't know was hurt. Because you are so powerful, I thought I had to live in pain for a long, long time. But that's only because you're such a strong part, and I invite you to join me in our healing. And I visually, in my mind's eye, brought that aspect to me, reached out and grabbed it, and brought it into my heart space, integrating it into the whole. You see, we need to acknowledge our pain, we need to acknowledge our grief, honor it as powerful and willful, and wanting, but like I said earlier, our healing begins, it it takes place the moment we accept, we choose that things are the way they are. Our response does not have to stay the way it is, but what happened, happened, and in the words of the Buddha, the source of all our suffering lies in our attachments our attachments to our expectations, what should have happened, what could have happened, what we wanted to happen. And when we can accept that it happened the way it happened, even though we don't like it, even though we might hate it, it happened. And in hindsight, there was nothing we could have done differently. Because if we were to go back into that moment, back in time, knowing what we knew then, feeling what we felt then, we would have made the same choices all over again. In Buddhism, they say that life is suffering. And that's because the human mind wants to look at the way things are, wants to look at the loss, acknowledge the loss, live in the loss. We don't want to take responsibility. That is the spiritual adventure. And that is to alchemize these lower vibrational feelings and raise the vibration of it address it with love, be loving to yourself, be loving to others. At this time of year, there are many that have experienced loss. And sometimes just because of the frustration of getting around and all the consumerism, and you know, it, there's some irritability going on. So if you could meet that with love, meet yourself with love, express love to others, be loving to others, And if you can't be loving to yourself, be loving it to at least one other person that you see that could use it. And oftentimes the people that really need it, you don't want to love because of how they're being. It's always easy to love people that are lovable, where they show up as lovable, open to receive love. Tough times never last. Tough people do. And what makes you a tough person. From my estimation, it's just a willingness to just not give up, even when you want to. To have a successful life, to have a life of fulfillment, all you have to do is get up one more time, then you're knocked down. Rest if you must, but get up. And when you get tangled up doing the tango, simply tango out of it. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Dano v., urging you to follow your bliss, live your life from inner signals, surrender to your inner greatness. Don't fight it as you engage in the epic adventure. <coughs>